we have to learn to adapt another way. Do we need to drive in a fossil fueled car still? Do we really need to travel for this appointment? Can it be on another way? Do we really need to fly? Yeah, that's, that should be questions uh, that we have to ask ourselves. This is the Gibble podcast. Every episode, I talk to persons that shine a new light on our built environment. I'm Jessica, editor of Get Inspired by Light magazine. Get Inspired by Light is an initiative of Trilux. Today my guest is Anne-Jaap Dijnum, director of the Dutch Federation for Electrical Engineering. His federation is keen on aiding in the transition from fossil fuels to renewable energy. But it's not only about transitioning to a new source of energy. He believes we also need to rethink our energy consumption. I'm Anja Dijnum, Managing Director of VEDET. VEDET is the federation for manufacturers, wholesalers and agencies in the Netherlands for especially the electrical and building technology. We represent our members via advocacy, uh, business development, via projects. So yeah, that's, that's where I am. And our organization is... And what kind of companies are that? So we're here at uh, Trilux. Uh, at our manufacturers for electrical components. Take a look around here in, the, in this meeting room. It's about lightning. It's about safety. It's about electricity uh, in the wall. Switches. So it's for low voltage. It's for medium voltage. It's for high voltage. All switch gear components. Almost everything in the electrical market. And also uh, for the building technology. So our wholesalers supply uh, heat pumps. Ergos, uh, ergo uh, systems, uh, or HVAC systems, so called. So okay. it's a, a, quite a scope we cover. Yeah, you've been here for one and a half years, you said. Is there already uh, something something you achieved in these? This you were like, okay, this I want to, as a leader, I want to change or I want to put in motion. Or is that more of a long-term uh, investment? It, 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 it are more long-term goals. I have to say, but on the other hand, what I would like to achieve is that when we take a look to our energy transition in the Netherlands, but also in the world, people are speak a lot of possible solutions without the knowledge of the technical capabilities of that solution. All the solutions in the energy transition are technological. So you need a technical background, you need technical solutions also to provide this energy transition. And my main goal is that the Electrical manufacturers, but also the manufacturers for building technology, are a serious partner throughout the the, the upcoming uh, energy transition. So for policymakers, for energy service suppliers, for constructors, all of them. Yeah. So you mentioned the energy transition. Um, do you have also a, a personal motivation uh, to focus on this topic also in your working career? Is there one specific incident in your life that you thought, okay, now we need to switch? Of course, uh, I live in this world. Uh, I have my children. And I would like them, also them to live in the same world with the same opportunities, at least. So we have to change today to provide a world for the next generations. So yeah, absolutely. That's, that's for me one of the motivators. On the other hand, we live right now in an instant world. Everything has to be delivered within a couple of minutes. We need a reaction on an email or on an, a Twitter account within minutes. 
but the energy transition, we need to explain what an energy transition is. It's more than technological transition. It's also social transition. It's also a social cultural transition. It's an economical transition. So we have to see that as a whole. We have to change the way we live. Uh, if you take a look for a manufacturing or a production company, they are used that they start up their production at 7 a.m. And they finished uh, at 5 a.m. or in, uh, during uh, the evening. Uh, in the new era, you s will see that an energy service supplier will ask the production facility, don't start at 7 a.m. because another company is starting at 7. Can you start at 7.30? So a complete different time schedule will uh, will raise. Uh, so you will see that that energy or the availability of energy will be much more important in our lives. Yeah. Uh, so that would also entail the use of our homes or when you look at buildings. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, if you take a look for the way to heat your building or your estate, and you do. A, with an, an, an heat pump or you live in a neighborhood with more estates on that and they all have uh, heat pumps they are right now all scheduled to heat up at the same time for an energy service provider that's quite a problem yeah you have large peaks you have quite a large peaks so what you want to do is that uh, you can schedule that and for a heat pump that's not a problem but we have to arrange that we have to schedule that and that needs a technical solution but it needs also a social cultural transition. We have to adapt that some things will change and something will schedule on another way we are used to. So, for instance, you can only use your washing machine at one time of the day. Uh, uh, I certainly don't hope so. I have little <laughs> children, children, and I know <laughs> that's <laughs> quite. <laughs> Uh, handy uh, to use the washing machine <laughs> when uh, when you need to, uh, but on the other hand, yeah, uh, um, it it could be a possibility. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they're already like saying, well, if you want to save energy, you use your electrical supplies suppliers when it's windy out or yeah, if you if, if you take a look for uh, especially when, when the sun shines, then use your different machines in your home or for a manufacturer use that time your scale up your production yeah and when there is not enough in the energy well, scale down your production and uh, when looking specifically at lighting mm -hmm. uh, how big a part can uh, different lighting play in this trans energy transition when we take a look for this energy transition step one in energy transition is energy saving reduce your energy consumption when we take a look to lightning we have for i think almost 10 years 15 years, we have LED, which saves quite some, some energy instead of the conventional uh, lightning we have. Lightning is quite a part in, in this energy transition, especially for energy saving. Yeah. How, how big a, a part is it when looking at heating or... If you take a look for a, a commercial building, like an office, almost 30% of the energy consumption in an office is lightning. And around 40%... Depends on the installation of, of the building, but more or less 40% uh, is uh, for heating. So your energy bill is 30% lighting, 40%, uh, and, and then you have 30% for computers and, and, and the other stuff. So when you reduce that 30% of the energy bill, that saves quite some money. Yeah. Especially with current energy prices. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, you you mentioned LED lighting as a well, it's a. I wouldn't even say that it's a new 
uh, technology has been around for a couple of years already. And it saves uh, a lot of energy compared to conventional mm -hmm. tube lighting. Mm -hmm. Why are there still buildings uh, with tube lighting? Why isn't everything LED? I don't know. I don't understand it. <laughs> what I said, it's also an economical uh, transition. Financial controller uh, looks to, to his finance and say, what's my payback time? What's my return on investment? Also, the uh, economical life cycle. And for lightning, economical like signing is around 10, 15 years. So if it's not finished yet? Not finished yet. Why would you change it? Yeah. And if you have lightning, lightning systems, especially the systems, and you have the conventional lightning, like MTL or fluor lamps, it's easier to change the light than the complete system. And if both are available, yeah, why would you change it? Lower your cost. Wow. But when you really take a look, uh, and taking into account also the energy transition and the sustainability and the quality of light, they, you should change immediately to LED. Yeah. So is that the problem of uh, knowledge? Like old habits? Or I think it's more over with old habits and uh, economical thinking. And we have to take a look for sustainability uh, in, in this case. And that's also why we start with, from FADET, together with our manufacturers of lightning systems, a campaign, and in Dutch it's so called Met Let Can It, when I translate it to English, I think it will be with LED you can, or something like that, to show the public here in the Netherlands the possibilities of LED. We think most of the times that it's common knowledge, but the experience is still that there are much uh, buildings with conventional lighting. Yeah. Still. And what role can uh, architects and designers play in this? The biggest challenge is not in new buildings, but in renovating the current buildings. In, in new buildings, you see everywhere LED. So architects and designers will switch to LED immediately. For renovating a building, so you have to go to the, uh, the owners of the building, they don't pay the energy bill. They don't pay the energy bill. No, the users, the companies that rent their buildings, paying the energy bill. So that's, that, that's a problem. That's quite a problem. Yeah. <laughs> On the other hand, we have some regulations here in the Netherlands with energy labeling for offices, uh, label C, which says you need to have a certain energy level to get this label, to get label C. Yeah. And since uh, January 1st, uh, 2023, the minimum is label C. Yeah, for new buildings or every building? For offices with a minimum size of 150 square meters. Okay. Hello. Gibble Podcast is part of GetInspiredByLight.com. The latest issue is dedicated to the topic of innovation. What role can architects and innovators play in creating a healthy and sustainable built environment? Visit GetInspiredByLight.com, an initiative of Trilux. Uh, with Vedet NLA, you're also part of the a European mm -hmm. association, yes. Lighting Europe. So what do you do? Let's go back, uh, I think, four years ago. Another Dutch guy, Mr. Frans Timmermans started on behalf of the European Commission with his green plan, uh, FITO 55, which also means that the Euro European Parliament is in lead of this 455 program. Shortly, what does that mean? It's, it's an aim to become... It's an aim to reduce the carbon footprint with 55% and finally to be carbon neutral in 2020-50. Whole of Europe. So in 2030, 55% reduction. 2050, the aim is zero. Yeah. And we have quite some work to do in this. All those directives, all those regulations is produced in Brussels. So we need a European federation to influence those directives, to suggest new regulations. That's the aim of Lighting Europe. And 
here in the Netherlands, but also in the other European countries, you have more uh, the national organizations. In, in the Netherlands, it's vetted together with part of NLA. We have our advocacy here in the Netherlands, in The Hague. Okay. So that, that's more the difference. We cooperate together, we support each other. There are suggestions from, from Europe, which we can implement here in the Netherlands, but also vice versa. We say, this is the Dutch point of view. Can you bring that to the European Parliament for us? Yeah. Do you see large differences in how far along countries are with their tra- energy transition? Yes, yes, there are quite some differences. And luckily, Europe is quite different. For example, last week, I was traveling through Belgium. All the lights on the Belgium freeways are LED. So I was thinking, wow. Today, I had a call with my uh, Belgian colleague, and I gave him a compliment. And he said, yeah, but do you know that in our buildings, it's still about 20% LED and 80% conventional? We have quite some work to do. But on the other hand, within two years, the Belgian government made the change from conventional lining on the freeways to LED. So it can happen. In a short period of time. In, in a short period of time. So there are lessons learned, for instance, from Belgium for the Netherlands. And the same as for other countries. We have all our own uh, challenges. Yeah. Because yeah. so I can imagine that also like geographical differences also make a big difference in how you, yeah, well, your energy consumption or distribution. Yes, yes. Whether you have mountains or <laughs> are flat. But also your energy sources are different. Uh, when you take a look for Scandinavia, but also uh, uh, for Austria or uh, Switzerland, they have a lot of hydropower. So that's with zero emission. So for them, it's not a big change and they have energy enough available. On the other hand, here in the Netherlands, we have, much is natural gas or it's coal-based energy sources. So we have quite some transition to go. And therefore, LED is a major part in that transition. Yeah, I would like also to talk about one major issue in the Netherlands right now is the energy congestion on the net. Is that a typical problem for mm-hmm. the Netherlands compared to other European countries? or Multiple countries has it. In the Netherlands, we have quite a typical issue. Uh, we don't have only congestion on the on our highways, but also on the in the energy network. Maybe it was also because we were a bit lazy. I'm a Dutch guy. <laughs> <laughs> so we had always enough natural gas available. We had always uh, enough coals available for our energy power facilities. And what you saw is that when the solar panels started and more people were installing solar panels, our energy network wasn't in one day, one way direction anymore. It became a two-way direction that cost quite some capacity. And the energy service providers were not prepared for that. The second thing, when you take a look for the net congestion, is that the energy service suppliers are must take into account the maximum power assumption of a contract. When you take a look for the average, it will be around 60%. So when you look at a building or a new project... They will calculate, oh, we need maximum mm-hmm. this amount of energy. Yeah. This will be the absolute yeah. maximum. Yeah. And then they say, okay, we'll give you a contract for this yeah. maximum number. And then there's less available for other yeah. Yeah. projects yeah. or buildings. And um, so we have a theoretical reality and a practical reality. We also say is uh, we have Excel management. They made um, and sum up in Excel. Uh, and they say, okay, we have net congestion. But in practice, when you really take a look, so leave Excel what it is, really uh, measure what the uh, consumption is, then you can see that there is a space enough or still some space available on the network. But the rules, the regulations, don't give any space f- to use it for the energy service supplies. 
So we see energy service supplies moving slowly towards a new reality. On the other hand, we see also the regulations are moving very slowly also to the new reality. Yeah. I want to recap a little bit and could you shortly explain what is the net congestion? If I have to explain uh, the net congestion, let's take a swimming pool. You have a swimming pool without any water and you take a hose and you fill it up with water. And on the other hand, you have a drain, so water can also go out of the swimming pool. What currently is happening is that there is not one hose, but there are two hoses filling up that swimming pool. But you only have one drain. Your swimming pool is racing, 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 and... Finally, it's full and it will... Uh, uh, overflow? will overflow, yes, indeed. This is what's happening on the electricity network. We have multiple sources, like solar, like wind energy, but also still coal energy. But we have, don't have the flexibility to add another drain. So we can't use any more. And next to that, the industry is currently running on mostly fossil fuels, but they also have to change to non-carbon fuels. The Average power consumption in the Netherlands is around 120 terawatt hour. And we expect to that it will be in 2050, 400 terawatt hour. So it's times four. Uh, when you get rid of the, the fossil fuels, you need another power supply. And that will be an electrical power supply. That's uh, the third part of the uh, congestion. So we have a dual direction. We have congestion due to bad measurements or without any measurements. And thirdly, there will be much more power needed in the future. Electrical power needed due to phasing out uh, fossil fuels. Yeah. What role does uh, faded NLA play in this part? Faded NLA, especially about uh, the possibilities of lightning and then also with the campaign. When we change from today to tomorrow completely to LED, we will save 6.5 terawatt hour directly. That's one nuclear plant in the Netherlands. One nuclear plant? That sounds big. <laughs> that's, uh, th that's big. But that's the change we can make when we completely take over to LED. And that's why Faded NLA asked the government and the Dutch minister to set an, a goal for 2025 and let in 2025 all lightnings in the Netherlands should be 80% LED. Yeah. What are the major things slowing this process down? The lack of incentives. Quite a lack of knowledge, I think. And incentives, is that mostly financial incentives? or? Uh, yeah, financial incentives. And it can be in the form of uh, subsidies, but it can also be in a fiscal incentives for a company. Yeah. And do you think, is it still realistic? I'm an optimistic guy. So yes, absolutely. <laughs> but realistic, I don't think that we will get a goal in 2030. But then it will be 31 or 32. And I think for the world, it won't be a problem. But still, we have to continue. We have a task for also the upcoming generations to be 20, 2050 completely carbon neutral in Europe and hopefully also the other parts in, in this world. Yeah. What are other ways that can help contribute to achieve this goal? We have to change our lives and uh, the way of living. To come back on that, the, the first point, this transition, it's not, a technology, not only a technology transition, it's also a transition socially and socioculturally. We have to learn to adapt another way. Do we need to drive in a fossil fueled car still? Do we really need to travel for this appointment? Can it be on another way? Do we really need to fly? Yeah, that's, that should be questions uh, that we have to ask ourselves. Yeah. And do you see a shift in the way companies think? Yeah. 
Is it different from uh, when you compare it to a couple of years ago? Yes, and especially in the recent year, when energy prices is still rising, now we're more, more or less stable, but we're not knowing what's coming up next year. Most of the companies are changing their way of thinking of sustainability, their power consumption. Do they come to your organization with questions as well? Not to our company, uh, not to our organization, to our members. Yes. So the, our members are the manufacturers. Uh, they are the suppliers of uh, these solutions. And what we do for our members is more or less business development, and uh, it's up to our members to help finally those building owners. Yeah. Is there one thing we haven't discussed that you would really like to mention, especially when talking about energy transition? Sustainable building. Change to LED as fast <laughs> as possible. <laughs> That's the only thing I could say. And if you do so, take a look at our website, metletcanhet.nl. They will find a lot of information that can help you make a judgment on which direction you should go as a company. Yeah, okay. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. This was the Gibble Podcast with Anna Jaap Dynam. Read more about his thoughts on sustainable energy and their LED lighting campaign on getinspiredbylight.com. Get Inspired by Light is an initiative of Trilux.